welcome to Alive and Kicking this week in the 90s. I'm Ash Rose and here it is, another slice of what happened this week. What, 30? Nearly 30 years ago? Oh my god. On today's show, we look at McManaman Masterclass at Wembley. Uh, the greatest ever Sheffield Derby, allegedly, and apparently, TM, trademark, whatever. And the greatest Premier League game ever. Yeah, we're going to talk about it again, but not in too much detail. All that and so much more to come on This Week in the 90s. This is John Harks, and you're listening to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. Remember, keep it 90s. Fresh from our little Easter break, then we are a day late, but it has been Easter. It's been bank holiday, so you know we've been eating chocolate and doing what we do. Uh, but my boys are back as well. Um, welcome to the show, as always. He is a social media mogul for the Voice. He's your Borough fan. He's your Janino fan. He's my Joel Young. How you doing, Joel? I'm all right. I mean, you say you've had a nice relaxing weekend. I've been working all weekend, me mate. Oh, it's, you're grafting. Semi, it was the Voice semi-final. Things were getting very hectic in the uh, Young household. Oh, yeah, I, I can imagine, yeah. So, what, how many shows you got now? Two? Two left? Go on. One, one, one final next week. Nice. Um, one on Saturday, ooh, yeah. Tuning yeah. into the... Well, a, a, lot, a lot of people watched ITV this weekend because of Owen and Deck, didn't they? So, I'm sure you swept up on that, didn't you? Uh, yeah, there was a bit of carry-on the week before because obviously it wasn't on, but yeah. ITV didn't bother particularly plugging the fact that the time of the show had moved. So, the voices figures were down considerably. But then this week, thanks to... Uh, you know, Declan and everybody wanting to wish him well. Um, they were rocketing back up. So, you know, can't mourn and obviously wish uh, wish Ant all the best. And I don't think he listens to this, but there you go. He's a nice lad. I think he you should. Know, There's I, a lot of Newcastle well, on it. When, uh, it. when I was working at, uh, at ITV before and they were just about to get relegated under the Sack McLaren just before they got relegated, I remember I was walking about arm in arm with my friend, the director, who's a woman who had like no clue what I was on about, which is not to say that women don't have a clue about football, <laughs> they obviously do, just this particular woman. Nicely saved. Backtracking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just had my arm around her and I was going, so B, uh, what do you think of Agent Steve McLaren, the former Middlesbrough manager, doing the business at Newcastle United? And she looked at me and then the, the Anton Deckfield went, Right, come on. <laughs> and B went, oh, I see why you've done that now. And uh, I went, European finals with us, lads. It's got to be something to do with your players. <laughs> I was like, well, I asked them if they were going to buy the club, but they, they wouldn't be drawn. Maybe it's there in the future. Maybe, knows? maybe. Well, they should listen to this. There's lots of 90s. Maybe we'll get Andy Deck on the show. Maybe. Can you imagine? That would be amazing. Um, joining us, of course, as well, um, he is a journalist and well, he's a Man United fan. I don't say that often enough, but he is a big Man United fan, journalist for the Sportsman and others. Uh, we were talking pre-recording about Clive Allen piece that you've just written. Matthew Christ, how are you doing? How are you doing? You're right. I always feel it's such an anti-climax. You always start with Joel. We're talking about name-dropping, Ant and Deck and <laughs> oh, ITV, sorry. Saturday night, 10 million viewers. And you come to me and I think, oh, what are we going to talk about with me? Yes, and, to be uh, honest, mate, what, they, what is talked about with you is probably a greater interest to the people that listen to this programme than my oh, inane good. wittering. That's your second great save of the, of yeah, the evening yeah. so far. That's a David De, David De Gea follow-up save. That uh, oh, well, come on, Walter Zenger, come on, keep it 90s. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, nice Easter, boys. Did we? Oh, you were working, Joel. How about you, Matthew? Did you have a nice Easter? Yeah, yeah, I was out and about, as usual, you know. Uh, Doing your thing. In town. I, I had a bit of a wonder, uh, 90s thing. I went to see the Wonder Stuff and Ned's Atomic oh, Dustbin yeah, on Thursday that, night. Yeah. Um, went to the 
Tony Evans' book launch of his new book called Two Tribes, which isn't really nice. It's very much about the 80s, so I can't really mention it. I've on got that sitting on well, show. I say sit on my shelf. I packed away my office today on the because I'm on the verge of moving, but it is in my on my to do list to read. So yeah, I'll have to give that a read. It's a fantastic book for anyone that remembers. It might I don't know. It might be a little bit before your time, dare I say, but it's a it's a brilliant book for anyone that went to watch football in that era, and it's a great sort of political story, really, of the country and, and Merseyside in in the mid eighties. Now football sort of mirrored everything that was going on, and and uh, a damn good read. So uh, I will give thoroughly recommend it. Yeah, I'll definitely give that a read. We were also discussing uh, pre-recording uh, this overhead kick that just happened as we record this um, from Mr. Ronaldo. And um, I said on Twitter instantly, it's not as good as Trevor Sinclair's. And I'm happy to say these boys agree with me. Joe, you love that goal, don't you? It's, it's, I think it's my favourite goal of all time. My favourite non-Borough goal of all time, I think. I just, just loved it. And I loved Trevor Sinclair at the time. He was just everything cool that you wanted to be and, and you know and I sort of had a bit of a soft spot for QPR then and I just thought Aww. he looked super cool with his little natty dreads and cool overhead kick yeah it's one of my favourites I think we talked about this on maybe the very first podcast that we did um, but yeah love that goal love it love it love it love it love it so that's basically was this, why I mean was this around friend. the same was this around the same time that Sinclair was modelling jumpers for uh, top, uh, top time? Yeah, yeah. 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 About the dreads. Him, and, him and Dean Holdsworth did it as well. Yeah. Oh, I remember them. We'll have to get them on Twitter. But yeah, are those nineties ads? He was. I remember seeing him at a QPR Open day, and he, uh, yeah, he was very chirpy at the time, quite a bubbly character. Um, and John Spencer stole my Mars bar. I always remember that cheeky git. That's, that's the name of your book. Yeah, John Spencer stole my Mars bar. Um, it brings back Easter. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't briefed you guys on this, but when I think of Easter weekend, I think of the Easter games. And obviously the Championship had two games, but the Premier League don't do it as much. But I always remember a QPR Easter programme, 92-93, I think, first season of the Premier League. And we beat Nottingham Forest 4-3 and then Everton 4-1 or 3-1 and Ferdinand got back-to-back hat-tricks. Well, if we're on that subject, can I bring one up? Yeah, I think it was. It, yeah. I think I think it was the anniversary. I think it was twenty-five years ago. Yesterday, the day before, Manchester United two, Sheffield Wednesday one, Steve that Bruce two goals. That one. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. Going in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that was the anniversary this week. Actually, I suppose mm. we should give it a mention. Really, we should have we? got that. Yeah, don't tell me we, we yeah. missed that one out. <laughs> oh, we're going to discuss something he's missed out later on. Oh, are we? That's oh. good. It's oh, been a yeah. Easter week, I'm a bit behind. That would have been Easter weekend, so that might still to come, that May night game. They wouldn't maybe have been the actual day, because Easter changes every year, doesn't it? Yeah, I thought I saw somebody, I could tell you easy enough, I thought I saw someone say it was an on this day thing, but it, I should know, because I was there, but then again, it was 25 years ago. You were at every but... single game in the world, though, Matthew, that we talk about. Yeah, you were at the Manchester United game. I, I was, and then I stopped, as soon as United started winning, I, started, I stopped going as much as I used to. But, uh... Masochist. Tenth, I think it was just because I think it just tenth, got in the way. Tenth of April. It just April. got in the way of it got. Oh, was it? Yeah, tenth of so, April. So what are we on there? Also, also we can week. mention that yeah, next, next week. week. Well, There's a preview for next week. Let's not let's not <laughs> spoil it then. Yeah. Um, Joe, what have I missed? Go on. No, we'll get to it later. Okay, on. We're gonna, right, we'll, we'll get, get to, to it. it yeah. Okay, we'll get to it later. Um, what we are talking about is. Um, oh, what are you drink? You said you're opening a beer. What are you drinking, Joe? Cronenberg uh, Saxon Saxon Cat. Oh, very very nice. Oh, are we on the pear cider, Matthew? No, the uh, beer door, the, uh, the, the little one, booze cruise, the little stubby <laughs> French, yeah, he's still French on booze cruise. Uh, yeah. yeah, still got some left in the cupboard under the stairs, as we always had. You know, when someone would go on a booze cruise, you'd always have a box under the stairs or in the back shed, or you just you'd have bottles everywhere, wouldn't you? Because people would bring about ten boxes of them back. 
because they were so cheap. So uh, hey, I'm keeping up for a fibre pop at the yeah, market. Yeah, yeah I'm keep, keeping up the tradition. I'm, bre- I'm breaking the habit of a lifetime because I only usually drink this drink at Christmas. But I, as I said, I was clearing out today and found a bottle in the kitchen that was, was needs to be drunk. So I'm drinking. Not some- car, is it? Yeah, I'm drinking Snowball. <laughs> <laughs> Snowball at Christmas, what a rebel. Uh, oh, at Easter, sorry, what a rebel. Bloody love a snowball, I do. And I bloody love talking about the 90s, so let's talk about the 1990s football. Um, we're starting 2nd of April, 1995. It is another League Cup final. Um, one I don't think we've actually talked about very much on this show before, um, mainly because it doesn't really hold up in terms of importance, probably, for as many other of those finals than than some of the others but um, we're going to talk about it now it was Liverpool versus Bolton Wanderers uh, a first division Bolton Wanderers at the time actually before their promotion into the Premier League uh, a 2-1 victory and a starring role for Steve McManaman uh, Matthew have you looked back at this game or do you remember or what do you what did it spark from this game well I had to look back at it because again this game clashed with the United game as we spoke about the other was it last week about how the League Cup in this era, started to clash with uh, important league super, yeah. super junior like games. Didn't care about it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'd ha- we had Leeds at home on the same day as this. So I went. To, I remember going to that game, nil nil. I think uh, ultimately cost United the league. I suppose uh, ninety five. Yeah, uh, dropped points at home. Um, so I had. To, I did actually look back, and it didn't have to make me realise what a great player McManaman was, and um, and what. a Decent team Liverpool had. Then it's funny, isn't it? Looking at Liverpool in the nineties, because in, in in this period, Liverpool very much compared themselves to Liverpool in the eighties. So people often thought that they were not doing as well as they should do, and you know, because obviously ten years previously they'd won, won the double and they were the best team in the country. But when you compare that side to now, I mean, this season they won the League Cup, finished fourth in the league. That would be a kind of a season that a lot of Liverpool fans would probably say it was about par and it's just funny how expectations have changed isn't it so I I, I thought that Liverpool team had a lot of promise um, obviously you had likes of Fowler who also featured this week in the 90s for a certain celebration that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago but um, this game was very very much about McManaman wasn't it? he scored two in a 2-1 victory and uh, typical McManaman goals weren't they really sort of skipping his way through beating the defender and, uh, and slotting the ball in it was just watching the highlights, it just made you realise in his peak, in his prime, he was a, a really decent player who, who went on to sort of, well, go into that England team going into Euro 96. So uh, that's that's what, uh, having not watched these highlights for about the best part of 25 years, uh, it, it all came back to me. Mm. I think so, the two things that I, I remembered before watching it was um, the, the Coca-Cola adverts, which I think we talked about here before, and I always put They're, they're going to have to go on the uh, oh, yeah, bingo card. You know that. Yeah, he, I doesn't love them. Do that. he doesn't do that enough, does he? I love no. them. Uh, they're just br- I think it's such a stupid little thing to do, but it, it's those two seasons that, that I remember the most. Could well. you ever get hold of them? I mean, imagine you could get hold of those cats. Didn't they? I remember they them didn't being br- out, unless I'm being... They must exist because I went to the Tenants Brewery in uh, Glasgow a few few weeks ago or a few months ago on a on a stag do, and they had all the Tenants cans that have ever been produced. I don't think they going, did. Going I back think decades. it was purely for advertising purposes. I don't unless they did it at the ground of the day. I didn't obviously go to these games, but I only ever imagine, remember seeing them as pictures in the newspapers promoting the game. Imagine they did. Imagine they did and getting your hands on those. I mean, imagine they existed in the the Coca Cola equivalent of the uh, tenants 
the Hugger Factory. I tell you what, though, boys, I've got a limited edition orange Kit Kat from 1996, and I'd be interested to know how much that's worth. What, what actually, still the, the the food inside the wrapper? <laughs> no, I haven't. I was just being facetious. Oh, I love that. I love orange Kit Kats when they first come out. I remember. Do you remember strawberry Pepsi? That was something from the 90s. Yeah, that didn't hang about long. No, though, did it? it used to come in a really little fat can as well. But yeah, if, yeah. These, if these cans existed, especially the Newton Half Heath, uh, Newton Heath Halves—that's easy for me to say—I um, would definitely love to have a can of those because I've got some cups, little cheap plug here. It's a proper magazine. Um, we do these plastic cups. I did—I think I put on Twitter the other day. I've got a USA '94 kit. There's your bingo card. Um, one version of it, but I've got a few others as well, like an Arsenal um, banana kit, one uh, the England Euro '96 goalkeeper kit. So that's kind of near, but. Um, yeah, that's the one thing I remember. And the other thing I remember about this was kind of the game that Jason McAteer, that people started to stand up. And Jason McAteer. From Wash and Go, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, because... That's going to go on the bingo card. That, yeah, it's going to be the biggest bingo card of all time, this is. But I think that, it was that summer he went to Liverpool from Bolton. But it was this is kind of the kind of campaign that people sat and take notice. Um, but... Going on for what Matthew said, Joe, I mean, Stephen Manaman, he's somebody when he's been picked on a couple of uh, CVs that we've done from past guests, I always think he doesn't get enough mention when we talk about great players of the 90s because he was a big game player. You think of these games, I always remember the Celtic goal, obviously what he did at Real Madrid. I think, do you think Stephen Manaman's slightly underrated as a player? I think, I think if you're not a Liverpool fan, then you probably don't rate him as much as perhaps other other people don't you know because with England it was a bit sort of in out him and uh, Anderton were obviously superbly talented but it never quite you know now and again it would come to pass but a lot of the time it wouldn't but I mean he was wonderful in this game though yeah absolutely you can't deny that I mean Liverpool should have been about nine up at one point you know because they just kept pouring forward pouring forward pouring forward pouring and his two goals are, are just outstanding really great Maisie one you know, I, yeah, I, that's I, what, what Matt Manning was. He, he, he was Mr. Maisie, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Just, uh, I don't think he ever ran in a straight line. It's just that that sort of lazy, sort of uh, lolloping, lolloping style he had. I mean, if, if you go to the brilliant commentary of Kevin Keegan, which I've pulled out some brilliant examples. We should start our own podcast on this bit, <laughs> on Keegan's quotes, but go on. Keegan, McManaman um, is coming through for the goal. According to Keegan, he nutmegs someone. <laughs> doesn't identify the player at all, which is wonderful. Analysis. Um, there's, some, there's some horrible stuff from Keegan in this, by the way. Um, Keegan, I've seen him score some inside the box. Now, who is he talking about? Who's Kevin Keegan talking about? In the commentary, I've seen him score from inside the box. Um, who is he talking about? Rush? He's talking about Ian Rush. <laughs> he has seen Ian Rush <laughs> score some goals <laughs> from inside the box in 1990. Five, right, <laughs> absolutely incredible. He also says uh, he hadn't realised that Stiginger Bjornaby hadn't scored for Liverpool, which, you know, I can understand that, but he is the commentator on the Cup final on a main terrestrial channel, so he probably should have done a That's bit of research. Are you, are you suggesting somebody should do their research before discussing football games <laughs> from the 90s? So, I mean, maybe, it's not for me to say. And then later on, Alan Thompson has a, has a shot, right, and Keegan goes, Keegan tries to take credit for Alan Thompson's shot because, get this, when he was at Newcastle United, he released him to go to Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> I was like, the arrogance of this man. What is, what is this man talking about? You know, It's absolutely unbelievable. He goes, oh, yeah. And like, oh, yeah, no, he's a good shot. We taught him well. Oh, the lads will be on my back now because I let him go. Shut up, Kevin. Not everything is about you. 
Oh, well, your vengeance Kevin against Kevin Keegan is is one of my favourite. Oh, things. there's another there's another one later on. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. Oh, we know I know what that's from as well. But yeah, I mean, it was a a game that you say dominated by Liverpool. I mean, I got called out on Twitter today when I posted the uh, the video as um, Matt Lawton at Latham Matt. Um, the video I had was the only clip I could find that was two minutes because obviously you only get two minutes on Twitter. It did include the Bolton goal, um, and he he said could have at least shown Tomo's goal. It was the best of the lot, which it was. It was a great finish by Alan Thompson, somebody who'd go on to play for England very briefly. Um, one got one game, Sweden yeah, in two thousand and four. There you go. There we go. Man on on under the facts there, and then he went on to obviously a career at Celtic as well. Um, but I mean, I'll tell you what I noticed though, you know, um, playing for Bolton, Richard Sneakers mm. who. Um, you know, it quite surprised me because I would have thought in the 1990s he would have been called Richard Marathon. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> that, that, that was Sorry, I do, uh, tracks I do from your facts before that. that. Well, can, you believe, can you believe I wrote that down and then I said it? That's really <laughs> terrible. Matthew, um, Bolton. I mean, that was the kind of the, the first beginning of what we see future from Bolton coming up, you know, Colin Todd's Bolton, but this was really the beginning of something for them in later years and going into the 2000s. They won promotion that year with that final against Reading. Um, the beginnings of the Bolton we'd see under sort of the new generation, isn't it? Yeah, although you could argue they'd sort of been knocking on the door. Was it not the season before this where they had that good FA Cup run, did they not? Yeah, and they beat Liverpool. They jo- yeah, beat, yeah, beat, beat Liverpool, beat Arsenal, uh, McGinley, was it? And... Yeah. Uh, they had, a, they had a good side then. Um, it all seemed to go a bit pear-shaped when they moved and went to the new stadium, didn't it? Like, well, I suppose they had a few good years there. But um, no, I thought they were a pretty underestimated team. You think you mentioned Bolton now, and people sort of turn their nose up and talk about the Megson era and that kind of thing. But I thought they were a, a pretty good team, and they're obviously decent enough to get to this final. And um, went down to a, a, I think, a, a better Liverpool team than they're actually given credit for. Not just this season, but throughout a lot of the mid-90s, they, uh, they, had, they had a pretty decent team. So I just think what you said, though, there, Matthew, is the fact that they weren't the team of the 80s. No, and, and, uh, and like we said... The ascendancy. Yeah, oh yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of reasons why, but it's funny, isn't it, to think, you, you think back to this team now, which is 25 years ago, but barely 10 years before the, the era we're talking about here, Liverpool was Dalgleish and Rush and, and you know, all that fantastic team. So, finishing third and second and getting to cup finals and what have you just wasn't seen as an achievement whereas in the years that have followed now that probably would be seen as an achievement maybe not just winning a, a coca-cola cup but you know the Liverpool finished second and third quite regularly didn't they then but it just was seen as a, a nothing because not just from Liverpool standards but I think a lot of team standards were a lot higher you didn't have this fascination with fourth that you do now I mean fourth now is just seen as especially now yeah, especially now you don't even have to qualify if you finish fourth. But so a different era, I suppose. And and I'm glad Liverpool did have those high expectations because they they should do. They they were the best team in the land for years. They made a, my childhood a misery. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost I see Liverpool expectation now, and I'm always thinking, are you sure? Are you really? You know, you think fourth and a good cup run is enough, but. Um, I suppose it's a generational thing, isn't it? Yeah. I think the team's actually got a weird blend, looking at it, because you've got, you know, we mentioned Ian Rush, he won his uh, fifth League Cup medal. I think that's still a record as well um, on that day. And you, um, John Barnes was in that team as well. Then you've got the kind of the young lads who they expect, the Spice Boys, if you like, for want of a better term, in, in Jamie Redknapp, McManaman and Fowler. Then you've got that weird kind of, those sort of odd buyers that Liverpool made at this time, like, like a Neil Ruddock. 
which would seem to be somebody you didn't really expect to play for Liverpool. Um, Alex Chamberlain was on the bench as well, which I didn't even realise he played for Liverpool, but he didn't. He, no, he plays he, for Liverpool now. Oh, he's on loan, so... No, that's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. You're, oh. you're, you're with the giggles tonight, aren't you, Mr Young? Um, <laughs> Must be that 5.5% Krona. Yeah, he's, he's gone yeah. to his head, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, 25%. Yeah. <laughs> we had one. <laughs> So yeah, I thought it was a bit of a weird Roy Evans manager before Gerard Hulé came in, but I mean they're always favourites, and um, yeah, they, they went on to win the cup in 1995. There's um, a couple of great things in this match, by the way, involving David James. There's a bit where uh, McGinley just crashes into him, and it, it, and James just sort of deals with it and throws the ball. Away I, and I noticed it. that. Yeah, it's quite. It, it doesn't feel odd until you watch it back, and he kind of knocks it. I, I went back and went, God, he's clattered him there, yeah, yeah. and he just bounces off David James so that's good to watch and also um, at some point it, well like you know in alternate hearts keepers are wearing a cap which oh, I do like to see I like pink, yeah. pink ball keepers in caps you don't really see that enough now who was it somebody recently had to borrow a cap from somebody out of the crowd yeah, it was the Hart, uh, Joe Hart Joe, wasn't Joe it? Hart yeah, yeah. 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 I think and it's because you know, stadiums have changed. I think that's the reason you don't see caps anymore. Because yeah, John Burridge, I always remember, was the one who wore caps all the time. I feel like the you art. don't see um, they don't have glove bags either. Remember, keepers always used yeah. to run out and put a glove bag in the back of the yeah. net that had a cap and and, a, and I assume a spare pair of gloves and God knows what else. But they just don't do that now, do they? Oh, little things from the 90s oh, I like that that's another, yeah. that's another subject we can do um, let's stick with Liverpool then and um, we're not going to talk in too detail about this next subject because one it's been done to death um, and also we've even talked about it at least twice on shows here both in the season look back we did uh, of 95-96 and the greatest games of the 90s that we did way 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 back in the beginning um, it is the greatest game of all time TM Sky Sports um, Liverpool 4, Newcastle 3, 3rd of April 1996. I mean, I don't think us three could add much more to this narrative than has been said a million times before. The highlights, the lowlights, Collymore closing in, you know, Keegan being slumped. So this is a quick maybe from each of you, because I, I don't think you were quite on those shows, so maybe a fresh perspective from each of you. Um, Joel, the, I mean, more Keegan, but... It's, it's I mean, like when his heart breaks. That's all I've got to say about it. It's like that moment in The it's, Simpsons, it's isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. You can see the moment that his heart breaks. That's enough for me yeah. as a Middlesbrough fan from the 1990s. That's enough. That's cool. Like, just the way he slumps over. Oh, brilliant. Honestly, watch that. You know, if ever I'm feeling blue, shut up. You need it as a gif on your phone that you can just go to every now and then. Um, well, I know find it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, we talked, Matthew, we talked about the, the other 4-3 a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? The the second one, and we touched on this one as well, but we kind of thought that the second one might have been a better game than this, even though the importance was slightly different. But what are your memories, and, and where do you see this game standing in the, the greatest games of all time? Uh, well, I'm ashamed to admit it now, but believe it or not, at the time, I think I wanted Newcastle to win despite the fact that United were vying for the league with them, there was just something in me that, you know, it just wasn't natural to want yeah, Liverpool but you to win a game. In the well, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, I was, remember watching the game when uh, Liverpool scored that last-minute goal from my mate's back, uh, back kitchen. And um, I, was actually, I was absolutely gutted. And then, you know, obviously then it clicks in. You think, well, absolutely, actually, that's... It's not a bad result, but it's just something... And you, you, just, you just don't want to do it, do you? But... Uh, I, I just all I remember the game. Well, obviously I remember everything about the game. But I do remember that. I remember thinking, you know, I don't want don't want Liverpool to win this, but uh, but obviously they did, and it did United a huge favour. But uh, now looking back, older and wiser, and uh, on all that, I uh, 
I can appreciate the game for everything it, it was, taking the emotion out of it. I mean, it was a great goal. I still love Asprey's goal. I love that the way he puts it through and it just spins yeah. mm. and then crosses crosses the line. I, think. I love that goal. Yeah. I just, just a great game. It still is. got a muddy muddy pitch as well, which is great because a lot of nineties, you know, you forget that in the early days in the Premier League, you still had elements of the old school football. So to see a bit of mud on the pitch in April was. Was always good as well. Now that all peril is gone, you can look at it like a beautiful painting. Yeah, yes, that is, that's very true. And uh, I mean, do you still think it's the best? I mean, Sky go on about it still to this day. But do we has anything bettered it as a, in a game in the Premier League for you guys? Well, I suppose yeah, we're going to have to. The Liverpool Champions League win was was pretty. No, well, I thought the Bayern Munich game, the Manchester United. Uh, European Cup winning was absolutely fabulous mm. as well. So yeah, but I suppose yeah, but you could yeah. argue I mean, that's my hat argue. trick of backtracks. That's good. Mm. <laughs> are, you t- are you talking about the, the Istanbul Liverpool game? Yeah. yeah. Well, I disagree. Uh, for, for a start, I don't think that was anywhere near the greatest comeback ever. And sec, and with the United game, you could argue that nothing really happened until you know from the early stages until. The latter stages. So I suppose, in a way, this game did have everything all the way through the game, didn't it? It wasn't just like a last-minute winner. It did have yeah. seven yeah, goals. Back and, forth, so. yeah, back and forth. And I think you look at the scorers as well. I mean, no disrespect to Warren Barton, who scored in the game in the in the following season, but the, the, these names kind of just they epitomise 90s football, really, in a way. Robbie Fowler, Collie Moore, Ferdinand Ginola and Tino Esprit. I mean, that collection of players on the, on the score sheet is very... Players top of their game, top of that era... I think that also brings into it. I think the only game for me that comes close and it is biased, and it is is the obviously Aguero match from 2012, and just the importance of that, the way it happened. Obviously, it's not great for you, Matthew. Reliving yeah, that, but the moment. difference, but the difference there is we're talking about important mo- moments or great games, aren't we? I mean, I was going to say yeah. te- technically it's, we, we're not keeping it 90s, but I mean you'd say that Michael Thomas goal at Anfield mm. by far is the most incredible finish to a season ever but in terms of how great the game was you'd probably say it wasn't that good a game even though it actually was a really good game when you watch it back but you know are you discussing a game in terms of drama and excitement or a game a result and the impact um yeah, that's a discuss. Yeah. So you know, you know that I'm going to say Chesterfield three. Borough. Yeah, no, always up. There's a good shout. There's a, definitely a good shout because that was that was a game I had everything as well. I just, Best I mean, game I've ever been to. Yeah, I'm not keeping it nineties here, but that the Aguero game for me, obviously, it it wasn't just about the end. You had that ebb and flow because it was also about QPR as well and, and staying in the in the Premier League at that time. Obviously, we wasted every single. Yeah, second and then and then as soon as you realised you were safe, you uh, downed tools. Well, I don't know. You, are, you, you speak to some of the players; they still didn't know at that point. You look at some of the reactions. They when Aguero's goal was great, they think they're down. Sean Derry didn't know. Yeah, I've well, spoken to well, him about take, it. Take it, take it from me. I wish it had sent you down. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're bitter about Old Trafford, New Year's Eve, 1992. It's fine. All right, we'll yeah, over it. Okay. I actually watched that game back the other the other day for so I can't remember what I was writing something and I thought I'll watch it back and uh, so, so, I, so Ash had some material over, over. <laughs> yeah. well, I've seen I've, I've had some bad experiences with QPR I remember going there in 92 and drawing nil-nil mm. <laughs> going for the league and, and couldn't be QPR and that eventually cost us the league um, yeah, well, obviously cost in the league were you yeah yeah what a depressing position to be in yeah exactly I'd love to have that kind of feeling 
Okay, that's we'll steer away from from that greatest game ever TM for now, and I'm sure it'll come back at some point and bite us in the bum because it's the epitomizes the '90s. Um, another big game, um, one we definitely haven't talked about on here, which I'm quite pleased about as well. Um, it's the same day, third of April, but we're going 1993. It's FA Cup semi final weekend, the first time ever that both semi finals that weekend were played at Wembley. The previous season did have one of the games with uh, Arsenal and Tottenham, um, but this is the greatest Sheffield derby probably ever, but in terms of in the grand scheme of it and the, the scale of it. Um, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday at Wembley, FA Cup semi final at place. Um, this was a much better game than I remember I remember it being quite big at the time but watching it back um, obviously you had the Chris Waddle free kick Mark Bright got the winner Alan Cork and that beautiful beard um, Joel coming to you first what do you remember at the time of it being big and uh, I assume you've watched the highlights since what are your memories of this steel derby at Wembley yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's that thing of Wembley still being a novelty for the semi-final isn't it uh, there's some astonishing stuff goes on in this. Obviously, you mentioned 105-year-old Alan Cork. What beard? Christened him Richard from Guess Who, um, <laughs> which he absolutely <laughs> is. Um, and there's some funny stuff in this game. Um, the first thing that Barry Davis feels is important to talk about in the highlights that I watched and, and indeed went out on Match of the Day that night is, is balloons. Apparently, one man in Sheffield bought 10,000 balloons. And then another man in Sheffield bought 5,000 balloons. And another man in Sheffield bought 5,000 balloons. And another man in Sheffield bought 3,000 balloons. So the balloon industry of Sheffield was doing very well indeed. And I didn't actually know there was a balloon industry in Sheffield. So that kind of interested <laughs> me. I thought it was all built on steel and stripping. You oh, know, okay. even the night ITV did the full Monty Live from Sheffield, I think. So, you know, uh, the second thing I noticed, those are the, the uh, When Saturday Comes kits. Oh, classic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's a special Sheffield trophy to be given to the winner. Did you hear that? Did yeah, you that? I've got that written down. Yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. Um, yeah, but it was, I think because we'd had Liverpool versus Everton in a cup final in the 80s, probably everybody was either wanting one or the other semi-finals, if that makes sense. You know, like one of the Sheffield teams versus one of the London teams. And then mm. hopefully you get two London teams, yeah. two Sheffield teams in the final. And obviously that thing that, you know, Wembley was still a sort of, that was still a novelty. And um, I remember mourning, like people mourning about it, going, why do people from Sheffield have to go all the way to Wembley for this? <laughs> and of course, you were going to love that because for one of them, obviously, Sheffield United, uh, they weren't going to get a chance to go back again. So then when it's special, it was worth doing. Mm, yeah, it was their first Wembley appearance for United since 1936. Uh, Matthew, what are your memories of the Steel Derby at Wembley? Well, I was I was trying to work out um, before we I did my thorough research was obviously these games were followed on one was on the Saturday one was on the Sunday mm. but the uh, Arsenal one was on the Saturday that, that was the first game on the, was it not mm-hmm. that yeah. was because yeah, David says it at the end of the commentary yeah, yeah he does yeah, yeah. I, was trying, I was trying to work out what the, the sort of kickoff times were and whether they, they were both on BBC weren't they yeah because I, I found some um one game that had Martin Tyler doing the commentary, but that was in the days when I think Sky, Sky used to share highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um, the clip, I'll, I'll go back to you in a second, Matthew, because quite funnily, the clip that I put on Twitter this morning, there's two Sheffield Wednesday fans at the very beginning in paint with balloons as well, Joel, and mm. somehow they've found that they've 
come across each other via that clip on Twitter. So shout out to <laughs> Dave Barr, uh, who's uh, who's at Dave Barr seventy three, and who is the other one? It's Alan Barr at Nutton Bartels. Uh, sorry, Nutton. Hold on, they've got the same surname and don't know each other. No, they didn't know that they were in that clip. Ah, right, so they're brothers. So, they, yeah, I'm, I've just noticed myself that they are brothers. But, yeah, they're, they're at the beginning of that clip, and uh, they've seen it today and uh, from AK90s on the Twitter feed, and they've uh, they've tweeted about it. So that was quite a nice, quite a nice little... They didn't even know they were on that bit of film that I found, so that was quite nice. Well, you missed a great... Because everybody in Sheffield that they knew was at the game. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, hold on, VCRs, VHS has existed. I went very American there. Yeah, maybe they taped the BBC version and didn't watch the Sky highlights that's later that it. night. So that's Sky. It, I think it's Sky because it's Richard Keys on the, the clip that I've I've found of uh, that I've put on Twitter. So um, sorry, Matthew, I interrupted you. Continue. No, I was thinking you missed a great opportunity there to get them on the show and have them discuss because I'm sure they'd be able to talk about this game more than we and Joe would. I'm just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't find it hard enough to arrange us. I'm not going to try and get some. I think other people you today. know there's. There's Alan Cork who scores with a through ball from Franz Carr, who is a name to conjure with, isn't he, from the 1990s? Probably yeah. the most famous Franz ever in football. I mean, there was, was a Franz. Think. There was a Franz in Guess Who, though, wasn't there? There was a Franz in Guess Who. Yeah. yeah. Was, uh, so that's two Guess Who mentioned. Yeah. So, so you had one Guess Who character passing the ball through to a guy that looked like a character from Guess Who. He does look like Richard out of Guess Who. He is, he, um, he is basically Richard from Guess Who. He was growing that beard uh, as the cut run. Continued, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he, it was he, he basically said he basically said he wasn't going to shave until until they got knocked out of the cup or something like that. Was yeah, that, that was Crimble? And he kept it. <laughs> 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 he did say that, sorry, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. I no, I think I, I from what I no, it was I read that my, earlier. My, my research, it, yeah. He basically said he wasn't going to have a shave until I don't know Sheffield United won the cup or got knocked out of the cup. He must have said that in the third round, and they got to the semi final. So by the by the end of it, he looked. Like Richard from Guess Who, so mm. it was, I've must got have been written a... down. Wednesday are in capital letters a good side because if you look at who they had in that side, I mean that is a good side. Well, they were and, the, and they they were always good in the league as well. You know, yeah. They always sort of in. The, I mean, you'd call them now top six regulars. I mean, it didn't really happen back then because it didn't matter who was in the, who finished mm. second or third, fourth, fifth, sixth. But I mean, they always had a decent team that were always sort of I don't want to say there or thereabouts, but I mean. Third, fourth, fifth, that Go kind back. of thing. Right, Hurst, Warhurst, Waddle, Woods, Sheridan, John Harks was there. Friend of the um, show, John Harks. Yeah, friend of the show. Yeah, I mean, just that's a good, solid, and uh, how do I think? Well, just a solid British side, apart from Harks, of course. Um, you know, just a, a side that you probably that wouldn't happen now. You know, and I know we say that a lot, but. Um, yeah, just like a solid, good side. Was was Atkinson in charge at this point? No, it was Trevor Francis at the time. All right, okay. Um, but no, I agree. You can roll a Nilsson as well in that team. Who I think Joe, we had. I put we him all in had, my yeah, team of the night. Underrated. Underrated. Team. I think we all did, didn't we? Yeah, we all did. Yeah. Yeah. Or did I? Someone have Rob Jones? I think I may have picked Rob Jones, but it was either or because yeah. I said I said Roland Nielsen. Yeah, Mister Mister consistent wasn't he? And Nigel Worthington yeah. as well. He was another consistent player as well. But uh, yeah. as opposed to that, the Sheffield United team. It's like you mentioned, Franz Carr. It's really got that nineties feel about it. That team with Adrian Littlejohn and you know Brian, <laughs> friend of the show Brian Dean, John Pembleton, uh, Glyn Hodges. And, and, and a name that was part... Yeah, here's a bit of trivia for you. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it at Matthew being our 80s uh, football correspondent as well. Um, There's a name in this team who was part of the 1988 Wimbledon squad but didn't make the actual squad for the final. Was it Gale? Oh, yeah, there you go. 
Gale, yeah. Good. He's, he's good. good. He's I knew he'd know that. I, I can't remember. His first name's Brian. Brian, Brian Gale, Gale, yeah. yeah. yeah Brian. Well, you know what? I, I, I haven't forgiven him either because he, didn't he used to play for Leeds? Uh, I believe he was at Leeds for a and, while, yeah. And didn't he not score an own goal in that game that Leeds won at Sheffield? Oh, no, sorry. No, he played for Sheffield United and scored an own goal that cost United the league the season before. Oh, didn't he he remember that? that? The Villa, um, uh, the Leeds, that, yeah, yeah, that season. Leeds, yeah. yeah. When United lost at Anfield. Well, they Leeds won at Sheffield United, and then United lost to Anfield, and he scored in that game as well. Yeah, oh, I remember watching that when we did the uh, the season review for that season. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. That. yeah, so no, I do remember him in that Sheffield United team. I do, and it's, it's funny as soon as you would tear me up for that piece of trivia, which I was sure I was going to mess up on, I suddenly thought, I bet, it, I bet it's, I bet he's going to mention Gale. I yeah. just couldn't remember his first name. But yeah, oh, very well done, very well done. Uh, Mark Bright with the winner as well, so that set them off to Wembley. And um, the other final, which according to Wikipedia was the day after. So that was the fourth of April, the the Arsenal Tottenham game. So, I suppose it would have been the main attraction, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, forgive you know the uh, Bar Brothers or whoever it was in uh, Sheffield would agree, <laughs> but but um, I assume the TV companies would have thought Sunday afternoon Tottenham Arsenal. I suppose. Hmm. I, I didn't remember much about this game, and then I watched some highlights, and I still don't remember much of it because it was a pretty dire game, and unopposed to the the season before. Yeah, um, I, 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 it was over, not overshadowed, but for me, I was thinking about it, and all I could think of was that the one before, purely because yeah. it was Tottenham Arsenal, yeah. and Wembley, and it was Gaza and all that. And uh, what was there's, funny? There's, was, there's a funny bit where. Naeem spanners a ball out that nearly touches the corner flag and all the Arsenal fans cheer and I just mm. thought yeah, yeah you wait coming and you <laughs> yeah he'll have his revenge don't you worry yeah. David don't Simon. you worry lad yeah he'll be I back yeah um, I, say, I keep saying year before it's actually two seasons before isn't it it's 91, yeah, 91. when they're at the, uh, the Wembley but yeah Tony Adams with the winner um, 10 minutes from time but it was not the most memorable North London derby um, there's but... a Dixon sending off and it kind of tells you there's always this sort of thing that you know George Graham ran his sides with a rod of iron and, and all this business but actually Arsenal in that time were terribly indisciplined I mean they were always getting sent off and obviously we've talked about the Adam stuff and the Merson stuff and all the rest of it but they were always like niggly and fighty and getting sent off and when they got the points deducted and still won the league the Arsenal fans were singing you, you know you can stick your two points up your arse and all the rest of it and they weren't the sort of they were disciplined in terms of winning games but in terms of on the field and off the field behaviour they weren't a disciplined side and Dixon his second you know his first yellow card is completely avoidable I think he yeah. gets Sec- second, one, sec- second one wasn't though was he body well, checked somebody that was about 10 yards inside his own half <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. But the, but the first one wasn't and that's essentially you know why he got sent off really Mm. Yeah. So it will. I think. I think the. I think the difference is then is you could be like Joel says. You could be disciplined in terms of your your timekeeping and your backline and all that kind of stuff. But there was an element of teams. Good teams had to be a bit dirty. I mean, you think you think of that great Liverpool team in the late late seventies. You know, Tommy Smith and Jimmy Case and all that. That all leads. You know, going back even further, they all had that element of you know we can kick off if we really need to, which doesn't really happen. And I mean, that you look at the, the City team now, I mean, there's not an, one iota of dirtiness in that team at all, really, is there? So, and I think back then, you almost had to have that that steel, that rod of iron in a, in a team if you're going to win win leagues and uh, 
and titles and that's where every now and again it would come out it would just sort of it would boil up and that's obviously what happened in that Arsenal team when you had teams like uh, players like uh, Adams and Bold and Winterburn I remember he was a bit of a terrier and would always end up winding people up and getting in in Barney so I think that's that's what it was um, so I think players, managers like George Graham probably encouraged it to be honest he probably wanted his players like that to get stuck in every now and again it went too far and it boiled up and they they got players sent off and got points deducted, I suppose. Yeah, well, I totally agree with you, Matthew. Yeah, and a bit of steel at the time, no pun intended, with the uh, the derby the day before. Um, who had the bigger attendance? Which, which game do you think had the bigger attendance that weekend? I would say Sheffield. Oh, mm. it, it's, the, it's the London one, but only by 899 people. Wow. Mm. Um, that's according to lazy northerners. Yeah, yeah. At least the Bar Brothers were there. That's that's the most important. Yeah, glad they were there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Sean Bean was there. And Sean Bean was definitely there. Yeah, I, I was really excited. I remember really watching that game. I think it was quite an early kickoff. I just remember watching it quite early in the day. So it may have been a lunchtime kickoff. If which... it was on the Saturday, would it have been? Because obviously, three o'clock even is... now we're not allowed to show yeah. games at three o'clock. I Saturday, think it was so an early Saturday. Like yeah, I think it was an early well, Saturday kickoff. I should have done my research on that, but I I remember watching it quite early in the day. But yeah, great game, Arsenal, Tottenham, not so much. But yeah, as a whole, the semi-finals, Derby weekend, quite a, quite a big one. Probably the only one to compare was that e nineteen ninety weekend that we've mentioned a couple of times on here. They were a couple of good semi-finals. That was the greatest weekend in football history. I, think. <laughs> don't, I un- do. I just don't undersell I just, it. <laughs> I just think it was. I just think it was. Brilliant. I mean, the two games were absolutely yeah, brilliant. Games, it yeah. was it was sunny. It was April. It was muddy pitches. You had Motson and Davis. You had Desline, and it was brilliant, wasn't it? It was just. Oh, yeah. I was really being games. April Fools this weekend. The Desmond Lynham grandstand, our it was all over backroom it. staff got an airing. Yes, yeah, so was the um, very pleasing. The Ian Rush picture that I think me and you, Joel, have spoken about many times. Yeah, ev- everyone stole that this weekend. I didn't do it myself. I think I did it last oh, year. Well, because it's from 1989, man. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't, I, I cheated last year, but I didn't. But I saw it on many different Twitter feeds um, over the weekend. <laughs> Um, um, a few more nibs uh, we weren't going to go too much detail because there wasn't really much to go on just a couple of things I want to mention Matthew mentioned it earlier the, the Robbie Fowler sniffing the lying or he's sniffing grass can, you know depends who you're speaking to at the time whether it's Fowler or Julier uh, happened uh, this day in 1999 his celebration after uh, his penalty against Everton we did speak about this a few weeks ago when we spoke uh, about him and Lasso. Um, 5th of April um, 1990 I've, I haven't got the year on me I think it's 1997 um, Paolo Wanchup's goal at Old Trafford a uh, quick one on this boys this was one of those random on Matthew View do you remember this were you there? no I'd stopped going by then I, I <laughs> said I'd stop well I didn't stop going I just didn't go to every I went to a spell of going to like every game every were you game. about like sort of 21 by this yeah, point and really yeah. like those uh, other things and then the summer of 96 came along and I started to just sort of start looking at... Well, I used to look at the fixture list and it was just, I'm going to that game regardless, you know, anywhere. And then it started to be, well, you know, I could always sack that game off and then maybe go to the next oh, one. Oh, you, you, you missed one, you missed two. The next thing you know, you haven't been for the season. Well, this is what, yeah. And that's pretty much what, what happened for quite a chunk of my mid-20s. Mid and this game was, was pretty much one of those. Great goal, though. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. What's um, the best goal you've ever you you think has been scored against you at Old Trafford? That's a oh good question. Word. That's a good question, isn't it? Yeah, so I don't know how to have been there, but it's got to be scored yeah. against United oh, yeah. at Old Trafford. I'll let you thinking about that one. Um, in the night, in, in, in the night, 
it, well, Alan, it is. If Alan got... Wright with a free kick. Oh, um, Alan yeah. Wright scored against us with a free kick. Uh, it might have been New Year's Day 1998 or 1999, something like that for Aston Villa. We got well beat. Uh, is that the, the, they were in that turquoisey kit? Is that turquoisey? Is that in, in that turquoisey kit? Isn't it? If I remember rightly, the, the, maybe it's the white one. I can't remember. It was awesome anyway. It yeah, was, yeah, three foot six. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm struggling to think of a '90s one against QPR. I can think of a more recent one. Sebastian Quartes for Liverpool um, scored another bicycle kick, not quite as good as Trevor Sinclair, or maybe better than Ronaldo's tonight. I think um, that, I think that was better than Ronaldo's to be honest. Do you? I think he had. I think he had more to do. Yeah, he well, the corner start, of the box was, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and what made that game even better was that QPR came back and won three two. Jamie Mackey day, as we call that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of one in the. I'm sure there's probably one in the nineties. That's uh, against time. QPR in the nineties. Yeah. Andy Townsend <laughs> springs to mind actually. A goal um, for Chelsea. Uh, in a 1-1 draw I'm thinking 91 it was quite a thunderbolt they were in a yellow kit I remember it from my season videos which I just packed away this morning um, but that's another one yeah I'm sure there's a few more um, Matthew thought of any Man United ones? Um, remember John Barnes scoring a great goal in 89 well it would have been 90 it was about March 1990 I'll tell you when it was it was in the same game as Ronnie Whelan scored that own goal mm-hmm. I remember that guy um, that famous own goal and Barnes scored he, he must have picked up the ball in the centre circle and he just ran through United's defence which wasn't very difficult back then and put it in the corner and it was just Barnes at his, his brilliant best you know he was he was quick wasn't he I mean he, I know he was, people thought of him as a big fella but he was he was. Just, I, I just loved watching John but I didn't at the time I hated him and I, I really did hate him and I had the pleasure of meeting him a few years ago and I actually apologised to him and said that I really hated him as a player because he was <laughs> because he was so good and, and you look back now and of course you just realise how good he was and I just remember him scoring like that goal at Old Trafford where he just sort of he had that ability to just to, you know just a couple of skips and a couple of turns and he was through and he went through put it past Jim Layton put Liverpool 2-0 up and then Whelan scored that own goal with about 10 minutes to go and it made it a little bit interesting but I don't think United were ever going to come back but off the top of my head I'd, I'd say that one the, I'm sure the, there's loads of others that's, the, a good, that's a good question for Twitter yeah um, I will put that on Twitter well, the one I think for Man United I think it is just 90 I think it's 99 would be Thierry Henry at Highbury that uh, the what's the what's up goal oh the, yes the, that one where he sort of turned yeah, and that's the one lashed it into the, yeah and then there's one oh, I can't remember what year it was but I'm going into the next decade for sure Darren Ambrose was it in the cup Palace at Old Trafford Oh, I definitely stopped taking well, an interest. How do you know more about what's happening at Old Trafford than you do about what's happening at Loftus Road? Oh, interesting. Uh, exposed to TV too much. I, I've forgotten uh, all the. Okay, I forgot, blame the television. Yeah, I've forgotten the goals against QPR. They didn't happen really. I tell you what, there was some great. I remember United scoring some good goals away at QPR in that ninety-two, ninety-three season. Was it? The gigs go. Didn't gigs go? Oh through yeah, he shit? did. It liked the that t- that they always show the Tottenham goal that he scored, but he scored one very much like it. Yeah, that, road. yeah. The that's Monday, a the Monday night game, wasn't it? And Paul Ince scored yeah. an overhead Paul kick. Ince, yeah, Ince scored an overhead kick as well. Yeah. That's all. That's suddenly come back to me then yeah. for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Right, can we talk about why I remember this? Uh, Derby County yeah Manchester go on I, I, I forgot where we were at but yeah go on <laughs> all right <laughs> I got yeah. carried away with that because I was in a hotel in London with uh, two of my best friends with Roy and with Craigsy because we were on our way to watch the League Cup final against Leicester City which also happened in this week in the 90s that you've failed to mention I know we've talked about it before oh. but I took it as a I we talked about that the other week it was the, oh, that... it was the one against Leicester the 97 one it was the, oh. the day after 
because we were sat in a hotel room getting ready to go out and then he scored one shot and it was like who's this like so I think it was his debut wasn't it uh, yeah, he was yeah. debut. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and, he, and he's running like a giraffe that's just learned how to run. It's really interesting. And Pallister has an absolute stinker of a game. I mean, he get he gets skinned twice. He quite often had it. He did as good as Pallister was. He, when he had a bad game, he really did look terrible. Oh yeah. He, well, I mean, I can I can vouch for this. You know, you only ever played for two teams. Yeah, you are. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it was. A, it was a great, he always signed for for QPR Palo one shot. We had him on trial, but Stuart Houston didn't think he was good enough for the the first division. And the next time we saw him, he was scoring goals at Old Trafford. So take that for what yeah. you want. Stuart Houston never managed again. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, I did. I completely apologise, Joe. I didn't. I didn't note that down that it was the '97 uh, Cup final, but yeah. we did cover it in great detail. We've covered it in great detail yeah. before, so that's why I feel like we've spoken about it. Even we obviously haven't, but it feels like we have. No, uh, just, 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 just there's, an, there's, a, there's a little stat I want to throw in here. Go ahead, do it. Because Dean Sturridge scores. And this is not a 1990 stat. This is a current stat, which absolutely Ooh. blew me away. But obviously, his uh, brethren, Daniel Sturridge, yeah. has played 78 minutes for West Brom at a cost of £50,000 mm. a minute. That's absolutely incredible. Well done, Alan Pardew. What a signing that was. Oh, well, what a signing Pardew yeah, was. That's all, it's all gone very wrong I, for I mean, the I have, nothing, I have no axe to grind with West Bromwich Albion, no. but I mean... Nothing's, nothing's filled me with so much glee. I could tell you Alan Pardew's stories, but I'll probably get sued. So. Yeah, well, I well, he did. He did score in that brilliant, the greatest did. weekend of football ever. <laughs> Bringing it back round, yeah, he did. I doubt, give him that, he also yeah. did that stupid dance on the sidelines. Yeah. So you know, you can't have. Well, I doubt he'll be getting a, a decent job anytime soon in, in management. He shouldn't be getting a job stuck in the shelves in bloody Sainsbury's, yeah. man. Yeah, well, yeah. that's for another time. Keep it. QPR job coming his way. Yeah. Oh God, don't! Ian Holloway's safe for the moment after that four-one fabulous four-one win on on Monday, uh, Easter Monday. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention, and it was only briefly because it happened, and I don't think it's a major story, but Paul Gascoigne broke his leg in training for Lazio on the seventh of April, nineteen ninety-five. Um, and it is a tackle on Alessandro Nesta. Obviously, in typical Gaza fashion, it's something he does and he comes off worse, which kind of ruled him out and kind of led to his... That's, that's, that's the story of Gaza's career, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it kind of led to his downfall, basically. He, tries, he tries too hard and he does something and he comes out on the wrong end of it. And, you know, talk about being given all the gifts in the world and then not having luck. Yeah, it's yeah. I just wanted to, to give that a mention. I think we could take nibs from all the Gaza chats that we have and just make an own Gaza podcast without even actually properly doing one because we talk about him so much. But he is Mister Nineties as far as I'm concerned. Matthew, did you want to? Have you done anything on this? Did you want to say anything on this uh, brief subject? Mm, well, no, I haven't done any research on it. If that's the question, <laughs> no, uh, but, but then what? What, what research no, did you do on a fellow breaking his well, leg in training? Well, I started to, and then realised the story wasn't really there, so I thought I thought yeah. I'd leave it off and um, ignore, make, that makes service. Yeah, and ignore the Middlesbrough Cup final as well. Um, <laughs> Um, but other than that, that was been this week in the nineties. I think um, we're a lot. Of, I mean, we're going for a lot of cup finals and semi finals. We're at that time of year, aren't we? So um, all good stuff. Um, so thank you very much. As always, gentlemen, um, obviously, you know, where are we going to go to now? Uh, it's Twitter time. So, Joel, where can people find you on the soch, as they call it? Well, I'm in, I'm in Twitter jail at the minute. And why are you in Twitter jail? Um, what did you do? I, I, I swore at some people with a <laughs> kiss. Yeah, um, but I was right, too. They were Liverpool Echo journalists. Okay. This young lady, and she was out in a Weatherspoons in Liverpool, and she was begging for free drinks. She was doing that thing. 
we're in Weatherspoons at this table in Liverpool, and you know, if you've got the app, Biostrings, and I called her a scruffy, all the rest of it, you know, lots of expletives, lots of C's, lots of S, because I think that is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> For somebody, a journalist, you know, I know it's not the highest paid job in the world, but, you know, there's still kids starving in Liverpool. And I kicked off about it. And then the next thing you know, I got through in Twitter jail. And the thing I'm mostly upset about is I don't get out of Twitter jail until Monday night, which is after WrestleMania. So I won't get to join in all that. I'm the, and how many, episodes of, how many episodes of Top of the Pops are you not going to be able to mention? Just two, but I can cope with that. I'm going out Thursday night anyway, so I can live with that. That's all right. And I always do it on Facebook. And you two have got me on Facebook anyway, so you know. <laughs> you know that, that, that's incredible. Like, I hear this breaking. I live as close, as in the city centre as you can get in Liverpool. And I didn't even hear about this story until I saw you going on about it. And I still the, don't know the, the ins and outs of it. Well, just this, this, this journalist from, this girl, this girl journalist from uh, the Liverpool Echo was begging for drinks online. And I think it's absolutely scandalous. And then, so it was the so it was, on me. So it was the journalist that was asking for the drinks? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you meant it was a, just some, a girl in the pub. Was No, it wasn't just a random girl. It was a girl who works, it was a writer for the Liverpool Echo, was begging oh for drinks online. I think it's absolutely, dis- and obviously this is a rant. I, I find it absolutely disgusting that this is a thing that young people seem to think it's acceptable now. In what context was she be- begging for drinks? She was, like, just saying, on a, she was doing it on a, so she sent out a tweet of her, like, low cut top, you know, whatever, cool. Uh, going, send us drinks to this thing. And then when I pulled him up on it, of course, it became, oh, it's a joke. Oh, it's a joke, old man. And then Ooh, there were yeah. pictures of myself. And I was going, like, oh, right, do you think that's an insult? Like, this kid that looked like an Amish. He just had, like, the beard and not the tash. And uh, so, therefore, I'm in Twitter jail. But, um, I mean, I don't want to say I'm a grass, but they're probably getting a disciplinary in the next couple of days. Well, good. <laughs> I hope so. I'm with you, Joe. <laughs> anyway, that was great. What I can't... A serious end pub, here. The, the pubs I drink in in town are cheaper than Weatherspoons anyway, so I don't know why anyone goes into Weatherspoons in Liverpool. I mean, I get... Well, you get one... they weren't in a Weatherspoons, so, I mean, you well. know, who knows. But anyway, if you want to find me on Twitter, I can't talk to you until the week on Monday. <laughs> Post-WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, I, I, I put a picture of the cow up on Instagram just now. And, I saw that. Uh, it's quite good, that that. Vicky Patterson's like that, mate. You want to be, you know, my mate. <laughs> Name drop again. Um, yeah, Joel Baby Herc everywhere. I'm going to shut up now. I okay. think this, this two cans of Cronenberg uh, Saxon's class on cat might have uh, done the business. Other logos are available. Uh, Matthew, you're not in the jail, so where people can find you on the show? I just I just want to say, I hope you bought those candelark and you didn't go in the corner shop and try and black them off. <laughs> No, I said out. I was going to say I said out a tweet for a can't come in Twitter jail. But that wouldn't help. Yeah. <laughs> well, as a former Liverpool Echo employee, I'll uh, keep my opinions to myself and uh, <laughs> say that you can follow me on at Matthew J Christ. As always, thank you, Joe. How so? Was it a five-day ban you get then? I'm, Seven-day ban. Seven yeah, so I'm up until after WrestleMania, and that's the thing that's annoyed me. So if I you think, appeal it, do you get ten? Better. Ten days. It's better. I sent a really arsy email to Twitter, <laughs> throwing my weight around, giving it the big I am, going, "I'm in charge of quite a big account at the minute. It spends a lot of money with you, and you might want to sort this out." And being fair, I have pulled four grand of uh, advertising from the day because of it. So you know, it's costing really. Stay tuned for more Joel versus yeah, Twitter we can, we next can week. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to be absolutely 
foaming on Sunday night when it's WrestleMania and I can't talk nonsense about it. Um, I might yeah. have to just get a new account. Do an account, just do Joe Does Wrestling or Joe Does WrestleMania. It might be quite amusing. Yeah. I'll follow you. We'll follow you. We'll follow. And you I'll should follow. Out. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll have yeah. two followers. Great. One of them will be in bed. <laughs> I, You're I, not going, Ash, by the way. I'm not. Um, yeah. Grilla Position, the uh, my other podcast, we are, well, we're still sorting things out, but I'm personally not going, unfortunately, because I'm moving house, so that's my I want to go to Raw, by the way. You want to go to Raw? Yeah, the next Raw. Oh, the uh, London Raw. The London one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll sort Just that so out. Just so you know that I want tickets, yeah. Okay, right, we'll sort that out for definite. Cool. Um, okay, well, that's been this week in the 90s. You, can, you can't follow Joel, but you can follow... <laughs> I think it was. I've, I've forgotten where we were. Um, but you can follow us at AK90s, myself, at Ash Rose UK. Um, I'm off now to continue my Panini sticker collection. But before we get to these guys next week, there will be a full-length show. Sorry it didn't drop last week. Um, the interview we had just didn't work out time-wise. Um, but it will drop uh, at the end of the week, our Corinthians episode um, with special guest and friend of um, my own and somebody who wrote the forward for one of my books Kevin Gallon is on the show as well um, yes he's QPR but he's a, he's a top lad so look forward to that at the end of the week but until that until then keep it 90s <laughs>